We are Allie and Erica, certified integrative nutrition health coaches in gut and hormone health and the hosts of the podcast, Courageous Wellness. We are committed to destigmatizing conversations in the wellness space and celebrate the experiences and lessons of our guests in pursuit of physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Listen to Courageous Wellness wherever you get your podcasts with fresh episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the Starseed Kitchen Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. This is your source for information to empower you to be a positive seed for change in your community. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. I'll be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can thrive in 5D. Let's get started. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Miara Rose. Miara is an astrologer, and I'm so looking forward to sharing more of her wisdom and teachings with you. Miara Rose sees astrology as a tool to connect one to the essence of their soul purpose and to excavate the deep psychological workings within one's life, both in this lifetime and beyond. She is an Egyptian American writer, astrologer, tarot reader, artist, a heart-centered healer, and intuitive. 20 years of study in astrology and spirituality, Miara works as an astrologer and is a certified shadow work integration coach. She created her site, Awakened Aspects, to serve as an oasis for star seeds, awakening earth seeds, spiritual seekers, and those looking for self-reflective nourishment. Combining astrology and psychology, she aims to provide modern insight on ancient wisdom to help you stay awake, stay aware, and stay whole during these transitional times. Thank Hello. you, Chef Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love your website and you're an incredible writer. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I try and do my best. <laughs> so thank you for having me on your podcast today. Oh, my pleasure. Um, thank you for taking the time. I think you're such a talented astrologer and you bring such a great perspective. Um, and you know, of course you and I connected at a starseed retreat. So I thought you could bring a, a point of view with astrology that can be really supportive to anyone listening to the starseed kitchen podcast, um, or anyone that's just looking to, um, just improve their life and take advantage of, um, their manifestation powers on their birthday and everything in between. Well, it's, it's my honor to be here and I'll do my best to uh, provide what I can uh, to your listeners uh, today on astrology and how they can use their um, cosmic blueprint uh, to best serve their purpose and their path here. And especially as it presents itself every year during our, our solar return. So tell me a little bit more about your background as an astrologer and the type of work that you do. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I've been studying astrology for so long, but, um, it really wasn't until about, uh, I'm going to say, uh, a few years ago, uh, kind of 2019 when the energies on the planet were so intense, 
uh, when I really took it seriously and started to consider it as a profession. Uh, before then, I was doing a, a lot of other things, including marketing, recruiting, administration, you know, the typical, I have a, a high mercury uh, disposition in my chart. So I do a lot of different things, <laughs> but um, astrology made sense to me because I could put it all together and it, it was mathematical as well as intuitive. Um, so with that, I started really delving deeper into, I uh, really studied under Lavendar and I really followed what she was doing because I thought she was doing very interesting things with astrology that I'd never seen done before because it started incorporating our cosmic galacticness, which a lot of astrology doesn't really take into account. Um, uh, aside from evolutionary astrology, which is what I got into a little bit more as well, because evolutionary astrology kind of looks at um, our past lives mm -hmm. and um, how we're bringing them into this life and how they're translating themselves here. Um, so I do study, study some evolutionary astrology. I got into medical astrology as well, uh, because um, I see how, uh, well, first of all, uh, Hippocrates used astrology. And, um, you know, he was, he was one who had stated that if you're a doctor and you don't know astrology, you're a fool. So he, but, but, you know, back then there were no MRIs or x-ray machines, that kind of thing. So they used astrology to kind of look into the body to see it was, you know, um, not aligned. Um, and that's what we can use it as today. And of course, Carl Jung at the turn of last century started using it in more of a psycho-spiritual way, yeah. um, where for the longest time, you know, in the, during the, um, ancient Hellenistic times and the Renaissance, it was more used for like divination where they worked with the Royal, the, the Royal, uh, the courts and, um, the politicians and those leaders to help them have a, um, upper hand in, in strategy. Um, but then later during the, you know, media, medieval times with the church or the rising of the church, it was definitely, um, cast aside for, um, you know, power uh, purposes. But then as it came back, um, during the Renaissance and, uh, later, you know, uh, it started coming back more as a way of expression and self-expression. So, um, you know, today I definitely use it with a sense of galacticness and, and looking at our galactic, uh, nature as more than being human is, but of course we bring it in, funnel it to ground as the human having uh, the spiritual experience. So therefore I look at it in a psycho-spiritual way as well. So I kind of get the whole like gamut of what someone is bringing in uh, with them in their cosmic blueprint. And then I really like to look at initiations mm -hmm. because I feel like really our purpose here is our, our initiation on earth as an earth school. So even if we do have so much galacticness, like what are we going to do with all that? Um, if we're not going through initiations on this planet so that we can allow ourselves to fully express them here. So that's kind of why I tend to look at, you know, challenges that we could have, um, how to overcome them, um, through various, you know, psycho-spiritual initiations as well. And then we bring in even more of our galacticness that way. So, um, that's kind of how I focus on, on charts. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> no, that's so interesting. You, you brought up, I love the history that you brought up about using astrology. So do you think when you look at people's charts, any health aspects that they may have? So, you know, I know different, different sun signs will have different physical weaknesses or strengths. Um, so if you look at somebody's health, is it a combination of their natal chart and weaknesses and sun sign weaknesses? Like, how do you figure out, um, potential or perpetual okay. health issues from a chart? 
Yeah, so it actually can be very complex. Um, we never just look at a sun sign. In fact, everyone should understand this. If you look at your sun sign horoscope in the back of a magazine, it's never your sun sign. They're casting your rising sign. Just so we have that out there for everyone to know. <laughs> if you're looking at your horoscope in the back of a magazine, look at your rising sign because that's how it's been cast. Um, so that's why it's really important to know our top three or big three, the yeah. sun, the rising and the moon. Uh, because, well, the, the rising sign is probably the most important if you actually look at your horoscope. But um, the sun sign really is how we shine. So the way we shine can be dimmed, you know, if we're ill, but we don't look at it to see why. We look at other things um, where the sun is transiting or, I'm sorry, things that are transiting the sun, like maybe outer planets or whatnot, uh, other things that are aspecting um, you know, certain areas in our chart, for instance, Mars, Mars is a huge one when it comes to where our inflammation, uh, is in our body. So where we're naturally prone to inflammation, it's really good to check out where Mars is. Um, for instance, my Mars is in Gemini in the first house. So Gemini is related to the nervous system. So I tend to run, um, highly anxious with, um, fried nervous system sometimes. And in the first house, it has to do with the head. So I had get headaches because of that. So, you know, anything like that, or if it's in like the 10th house, for instance, like, you know, it could be a, um, a structural system because 10th house has to do with the bones. So it's really important to kind of dissect these things. Um, and it's never just with the sun, but it, sometimes when we see the sun, you know, we trying to see, well, why is it dim? Let's look at what it's aspecting or let's look at what's, um, what's transiting it. Yeah. So if, if people had questions about their health, when they talk to an astrologer, they should ask them where Mars falls on their natal chart. What other questions should they ask if they want to look into their health from a galactic or, or astrological point of view? Well, every astrologer is definitely not going to know about uh, medical astrology and how it relates to our bodies. So if you're looking for an astrologer, reading from someone, um, it is, it is good to ask them, do you do any medical astrology? Do you have any medical astrology understanding, uh, first and foremost, but, um, for us to kind of empower ourselves, you can go ahead and, and, you know, look up, um, medical uh, intuitive medical astrology, medical astrology. If you're interested, um, I think, uh, a great writer is Judith Hill. She writes great books on medical astrology. So if you're wanting to learn more, I definitely suggest empowering yourself to learn about it. Um, first and foremost. And then if you're looking for an astrology reading from someone, then yeah, look for a medical intuitive or someone who has a medical astrology, uh, knowledge. Yeah. So what do most of your clients come to you for? For, well, because I'm actually just kind of branching out with medical astrology, I'm not a medical astrologer necessarily. I mostly um, take care of clients who are um, seekers and star seeds. So they're looking for everything from their life purpose to their career goals, to even um, relationship uh, kind of goals or um, long-term uh, perspectives. Um, but most of the time I get people who um, have some kind of cognitive dissonance in terms of this reality that we're living in and how they just don't feel like they quite fit here. And they want to know why they want to know that what's going, what else is happening? You know, what else is out there? Like, why am I here? And it's not necessarily existential, but it's more of like looking for confirmation and validation as 
those little kind of whispers and thoughts that happen in our head that tell us, you know, you lived in Atlantis or you did this. And they just, they want to feel like they're not alone in these thoughts. So they come to me and I'll tell them what the charts, you know, say about them. And, you know, they'll get that validation confirmation to make them feel, um, you know, okay and centered and like ready to move on to their next initiation. Yeah. When was the first time you had someone do an astrology reading for you? Um, let's see in 2012, in 2012, I kind of like really, I mean, before then I was actually still studying astrology and I was really into energetics and ETs and that kind of thing. But 2012, I started really kind of having the, 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 the will to be like, okay, let me, let me pay for this. Let me accept it. And let me, um, you know, receive some of this information more. Um, so that's when I first, uh, ordered my, my first reading and, um, it wasn't quite accurate and it, it, it was more 3d. And I think in, in retrospect, I wish I would have, you know, found someone who was a bit more galactic in nature or cosmic than she was. She was very 3d, but she was very practical. So yeah. that was interesting because I got some practical advice, which is always good too. Um, so she was a, like a horoscope writer, uh, in an art journal that I really uh, liked at the time. So, yeah. So how do you suggest somebody find an astrologer that essentially kind of speaks their same language or um, specializes in a style that can actually kind of support them along their journey? Well, I think I'm going to rewind a little bit because I feel like I say, I wish I would have found someone who's more cosmic and galactic, but I don't know if I would have received it fully at the time, because I think we find where, what we need, where we're at at every step of the way. So, um, you know, in that way, maybe she did suit me well, because I was still pragmatic and practical in my approach. And I was still pretty 3d, even though I was trying to wake up more and more and how I was, um, you know, working in the 3d with my interests, my other interests, but I do think that if you resonate with someone, you know, you're getting, you probably get what you need. I mean, yeah, you know, I hate to say you get what you need, but like, sometimes like we can be resistant to the things we're getting. And like, we don't think, oh, wait a second. I could have actually, you know, I could really need that. I need this right now. I could use this right now. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of like really trusting oneself to be guided towards the right uh, practitioner. And, and, you know, you may be guided to someone else later on. Um, so it, it's just how you're changing and shifting and how you're moving and, and evolving and ascending, you know, that's, but I mean, definitely ask an astrologer, you know, or look at the astrologer and see, um, feel into them, you know, you know, see where you resonate, like, is your heart, like, or is it your mind? Um, you know, how, how are you finding them? Why uh, do you choose them? You know, ask yourself these questions. Sorry. There's okay. <laughs> so it's my dog confirming that for you. <laughs> so how, what is galactic astrology? Cause that's a term I think people are hearing more frequently now. Yeah. So there, there are various types of galactic astrology and how different astrologers are translating it. The way I see it in the way that I feel like I've learned it was to look at the soul's journey uh, as it's been through other dimensions and galaxies uh, or of non-physical structures. So it's not necessarily on earth or not necessarily uh, like a, it could, it's not necessarily like a, a kind of, hold on, I'm getting really distracted now. <laughs> it's like, what's going on there? It's, it's more otherworldly, okay? So it's taking into account where our soul has been in, in other forms, in other lifetimes, other dimensions. I hope that makes sense, but it's not necessarily um, 
in the future and it's not necessarily in the past. It's in other ways of expressing uh, one's soul. So, you know, that could be human, that could be non-human, but it is a look at that. So really the soul kind of like the way it translates itself on this earth plane is going to take those things and it's going to ground them in here through our human expression. So even if we do a galactic astrology, it's never going to be just galactic. It's always going to be expressed in a pragmatic way. So um, galactic astrology on its own, I don't necessarily know how that's useful. Um, I, I do think that there are different kinds of galactic astrologers saying, okay, you, uh, your soul lived on, you know, Nibiru for a while, and then you went into um, the asteroid, uh, you know, Juno for a while, and then, you know, you traveled to, uh, you know, Jupiter, where you, uh, you know, were uh, with, you know, some Venusian beings, and it's like, okay, those are great things, to, those are really fun things to know, but like, why what does that have to do with me right now? Like, why am I here? Like, how does that apply to me being on the planet right now, doing what I'm doing, like in my family, having this you know, conflict with my mother or, you know, having a struggle getting to the career I want, or, you know, those kinds of things. So that's why I, I, I can't, I tend to be weary when I just say galactic astrology, because I, I want to, I want to be able to ground it um, onto this earth plane. And um, that's why I incorporate other things into it. Yeah. I think, you know, I know I turn to astrology just because I want to get some deeper understanding and then get tools that I can apply to Im improve my life right now or move it forward in the direction that I want to go and understand that the, en the energies that are going to be flowing in the future, so I can move with that in a better, smoother way. Yeah. Is that how you like to use astrology? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yes. Um, now, like, let's say your soul is re-expressing itself because of a trauma it had on Atlantis. Okay. During like 31, uh, 31,000 BC. Um, so, okay. So, you know, that your soul has been on Atlantis then doing something that was maybe technologically, you know, confusing. And so now you're dealing with it in a different way. Okay. So that's interesting to know. So how is it expressing and how is it translating that here on earth? So for instance, you could be having um, to make a, a very big decision that involves uh, your, your technological outlook um, and what you choose to do with your body, for instance, um, to incorporate that. So it's like, that's how these things can play out, you know? So it's like to know that and then to know how it's re-expressing itself here could be actually confirming and, you know, validating for some of us, again, that kind of like aren't just 3D, right? You know, we're multidimensional in, in our expression, in our, in, in, our, in, our, in our world, in the way we live, you know? Um, so, and then, you know, there's 12 dimensions on this place. It's not just going to the fifth dimension. So there's like multiple dimensions that we can express. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a multi-layered experience every day. Yeah. <laughs> and some days you can feel it more than others. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so let's, let's talk a little bit more about another thing that you do offer. And that's solar return readings. When did you get into doing that? I was first introduced to them through um, a starseed uh, hotline where Lavendar did mine. And I was really impressed uh, because some of it did come true. <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah, since then, and then I wanted to study where she was getting that stuff from, like where she get information from. So yeah. I, I dug deep and I tried to figure out how that works. 
Um, but if you want, I could go over what a you know solar return reading is and just yeah. the basics of it. Okay. So uh, what a solar return is, is your real birthday. So although we have our birthday every day, the same day of the year, um, the solar return is when the sun itself returns to the same exact degree in minute. It was at, um, at the time you took your first breath on the planet. Um, so um, it is a recycling of breath of that year. And um, it has to be the exact minute that you were, you know, that you did that. So that's the actual birthday is when the sun comes back around to that degree point. And then from that degree point, we go ahead and we take a look at it and we see how it's aspecting other things in your chart. And so it, it um, gives birth to a new potential that year that can you can express and bring into your consciousness more. Um, it, is a, it is there, it's like a platter for you to pull from. If you choose, of course, it's our free will. It's never forced upon us. Um, but if you choose, all astrology is our free will and never forced upon us. Um, but, you know, it is that potential. So it's nice to know there is that potential there. Because again, when we work, we talk about these multidimensional planes, there could be like a sixth or seventh dimensional aspect of ourselves that says, I'm going to choose that. And then our 3D is like, wait a second, no. And it's just like, so it's good to know what is going on in that chart because then you've become more aligned. Like, okay, I don't choose that then. I'll choose this instead. Consciously, we become aware of it. Um, I do believe that's how astrology works too. I mean, we could dismantle our astrological adherence and say, well, I, I don't you know, subscribe to astrology, but okay. But there may be another dimensional aspect of ourselves that does. And so something plays out and we're just not conscious of it. And so we're doing ourselves a disservice by not knowing what's happening or not knowing what the blueprint is um, providing uh, our multidimensional soul self. So, um, and of course our upper dimensional, higher dimensional souls can be like, what in astrology? No, you know? So again, it's, it's really complex in how we choose to do these things, but it never hurts to know these things. And then we're, there we get the free will choice, which is always great um, for that. Um, but um, every year it happens, you know, and it doesn't always happen necessarily on your birthday. Sometimes it happens a day before um, just because the, the way the, the, um, the degrees line up, it's not, doesn't always line up to the Gregorian calendar the same way. So, yeah. um, you know, sometimes it can happen the day before. So it's why, that's why it's good to pull the chart to see when it's actually happening. And there's that specific time. It's like the exact time that it happens. It's like the spark of the new breath that can come in of the regeneration of our, our, our um, cellular structure of our soul. And so there's five hours before you can start to feel it come in kind of like a train you can hear from the back, you know, coming in five hours before, and then it sparks right at that time. And then it kind of dissipates five hours after where it kind of like, so it's, it's a very high intensity time. It's called the 10 hours of power that revolves around that exact solar return timing. So that 10 hours of power is really where we have the opportunity to again, manifest through our breath to through like being very present in every moment that's happening in those 10 hours, like every moment. So like, if there is a situation where we're experiencing those 10 hours, we're like really uncomfortable, we'll say hello to that experience for the next year. So <laughs> it's really important for us to be like really fully like aware, um, appreciative and gratitude in our heart um, so that we can work through anything that comes up in that 10 hours. And it, it kind of reverberates throughout the year. 
um, it, there's just, it's just a little kind of window of the potential of that next year. Um, so, you know, it is really important to be in nature, just kind of be centered, um, you know, just being gratitude in your heart, because that's the best way to manifest. That's what you want to manifest. And that is the manifestational apex of our year. Um, however, there are other manifest manifestational times throughout the year, you know, like the, you know, um, new moons, of course, and solar eclipses and solstices, but um, that is our personal, like very just hours, our yeah. personal time with ourself. So um, it's an excuse to really take that huge allotment of time and just like really focus on what we want, um, how we want to manifest. Well, I look forward to doing my session with you because my birthday this year is on a new moon. So yes, I've always find that interesting when there's an additional galactic lineup, like for my mom, her birthday every year is on the summer solstice. Oh, wow. So I always find, I always find it's a, I think a blessing and a curse to have a birthday on a day where there's additional hy hyper influential energy. Um, because for me, I just see it as, oh shoot, it's more pressure to be happy, joyful at peace. Um, you know, in the feeling that I want to create more of in my life, it's like, you know, I better yeah. make sure that I'm in a place where that's easy for me to create because, oh shoot, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah but then you gotta watch out that, oh shoot. Right. Instead of just like witnessing it, be like, oh, I'm, you know, having a little discomfort. Okay. Okay. This is a good opportunity. So how am I, how am I dealing with this discomfort? For instance, yeah. on my last solar return, I had about with high anxiety. And I was like, oh no, it's my solar return and I'm having all this anxiety. And then I was like, okay, okay, breathe, focus on the breath. Let's do some guided meditations. Let's do some, let's listen to some um, Tom Kenyon, like, you know, his his Hathor material where he's, he does this really incre incredible, like vocal, you know, sound healing. Like, let's do whatever we can to bring it down and ground it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like that practice really did resonate with my years. So like now when I start to feel, and I have to tell you the, the solar, I talk about solar, um, solar activity on the planet this year has been off the, off the chains, like completely cra crazy, like, um, including, um, solar flares, um, coronal mass ejections. Um, so the sun is very active and it interacts with us and it sends out these rays, right. And it, it can be, um, electric, in nature and it can be very, um, ungrounding. So, uh, this year has been kind of crazy. I have an app. I actually have an app that I recommend. It's called space weather live. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, it, it's, I mean, it's a real thing. I mean, NASA, I mean, as much as you want to say NASA is a real thing, but NASA <laughs> takes care of this app and, um, it does come from them. So they do measure the sun's, uh, activity. And so it has been really crazy this year. So I felt like that was a great introduction into a practice of how to ground through these unsettling, unstable times. So I'm like, okay. So I didn't say, oh, shoot, you're anxious. Oh, no, no, get happy, get happy. It's like, yeah. no, I'm like anxious. Okay, so what do I do? What do I do? And it's like the practice really helped. Yeah. So it's just, it's good to, you know, see what's happening and then go ahead and know how we can handle it because it could be something introducing itself to the year to come. And so if we just dismiss it and gaslight it, oh, that's, that's not going to be very helpful. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all useful at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's almost like you should have a pen and piece of paper with you to kind of journal during that time as well. 
So yeah. you're aware of anything that's coming up because it might be something that you have to um, work through throughout the year. Yeah. And that yeah. way there won't be any surprises. Yeah, exactly. And everything is for us, for our growth, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, and it's always empowering for our growth, you know, no matter what it may appear to be at the time. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. So the challenge that I've had since, since learning about um, solar return timing and taking advantage of your 10 hours of power is I struggle with the added pressure of creating a day that's going to potentially influence the next 365 days of my life. You know? <laughs> that is a lot of pressure right there. It's I know. a lot of pressure. Um, how do you like to celebrate your birthday? How do you like to enjoy your day? Um, okay. So I am a mom of a young one, so I can't just like pick up and leave and go to a cool place, which it's like, <laughs> I would suggest doing that obviously, but, um, you know, because I, I have responsibilities at home, I definitely try to create, um, sacred, um, moments throughout the time where I'm, you know, sitting under a tree and just appreciating the bird singing, or, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it could be this simple yeah. <laughs> or just like, you know, um, like having an interaction with someone, but really paying attention to them, like what they're saying and their auric fields and like being present and like having feeling to my heart. So it's like, it can be just that simple. Um, so even the pressure, like I said, the pressure can be tremendous. Cause you're like, okay, this has gotta be perfect. Cause my year's gotta be perfect. But it's at the end of the day, your year's going to be what's going to be. So yeah. the day's going to be what's going to be. If you have the um, privilege and, you know, and the ability to go somewhere new and amazing, you're still going to have those little hiccups through your travel or, you know, when you're in a different place, you, it's foreign. And so you're going to have to like translate something. So it's like, even in those times, you know, you just, you know, be appreciative for that like moment of like yeah. maybe having the different language that, you know, you're trying to translate. It's like, that could be, that could reverberate throughout the year. It's like, you're speaking to someone, you have a communication with someone and you guys aren't always on the same page, but you're finding a way to translate, you know, what you want and then, you know, connecting. So it's like all of those little things, like there really is, there really is no like wrong thing to happen. I know that people like, for instance, my daughter, her past solar return, my daughter, we were in a restaurant and she's not very good at expressing how she feels. If it makes anyone uncomfortable, she wants everyone to always feel comfortable all the time. So she was feeling nauseous at the restaurant. She didn't like the smell there, but she wasn't eating. And I was like, what's going on? Why aren't you eating? You know, what's happening? She's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really like it. Maybe later. I'm like, it's really weird. I'm like, what's really going on? What's happening? She wouldn't tell me. And she was feeling nauseous ever since then. She just gets bouts of nausea <laughs> like oh. out of nowhere. And I'm like, what's going on? And, you know, she's like, yeah, I don't feel good. I don't, 
then I realized like her, in her chart, because I know astrology in her chart, one of her life lessons is to really master, um, uh, really putting a limit on the intake of food. She loves to eat and she like, she'll eat everything. You know, yeah. she's a really good eater. She'll eat like seaweed and you know, sushi and, you know, vegetables. She loves broccoli, that kind of stuff, but she'll eat so much that she'll start to feel sick and she's not overweight. There's something within her body. that's like, I can't handle all this food. I need breath. <laughs> and wow. so like, yeah. So to her, it was just a, one of the lessons she, her soul decided to pick up this year. So it tempers her throughout the year. So whenever she overeats, she'll get sick and feel nauseous, or she'll just feel nauseous because her body's like, I don't need food right now. I need air. I need breath. I need to feel the energy. Wow. So again, it could be perceived as, oh my gosh, the nausea caused her whole year of nauseous, but it, or it could yeah. be perceived as her soul is taking this lesson as initiation now. And it's, you know, going through this for a reason and I'm here to help her through it or whatever. And so, um, you know, these are just examples. Like it never has to be perfect. It is what it is. So just see it for what it is and know that it, you're going through an initiation or a soul expression or a rem remembrance, right. Where you're bringing back things. So that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, this is a great <laughs> tip. Because the other, the other thing that I've always heard about solar returns is that you shouldn't be with anybody else. You should have nobody else around you. If anyone is around you during your 10 hours of power, they will suck up and steal your energy. And again, you won't be able to manifest what you want for the year ahead. Um, but that doesn't yeah. seem like something that you can necessarily avoid doing. Yeah. I mean, we don't live in a vacuum. Um, you know, <laughs> And although that is, that is, you know, it's, it's a very wise, it's very wise advice. Like if you can stay away from people and control your reality as much as possible, then do it. But again, not all of us have that privilege. So, um, and not all of us, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is we can't control our reality. And the fact that we would try is you know, a little bit uh, escapist. So, however, that advice is wise because it is trying to tell you just control as much as you can, because that's your one day to yourself. Yeah. So at least take it that one day to yourself as much as you can. And again, it's, it's a great, it's a great way of like being with yourself and being present with yourself, but being with yourself and being present with yourself doesn't necessarily mean being alone. Like, again, you can be present with yourself fully, like this conversation, I could feel like what you're saying, how it affects me. I could be present with how it's you know affecting me or what it's doing or you know, those kinds of things, these little moments of being with ourselves that come through being with others just as well. And if not even more rewarding, because we learn more facets and aspects of ourselves and then can grow to a greater magnitude, um, you know, and use our time wisely on this planet. And I feel like the best way to grow is through relationships. So again, yeah. although that, that, that wisdom is there for our free will to take there's also the acceptance of sometimes situations are out of control when we cannot be alone and how we process and handle those are just another um, level of our, our, our soul's growth. Thank yeah. you for sharing that point of view. I needed to oh, yeah. hear, hear it from somebody else. So thank you. <laughs> it's curious. my pleasure. Yeah. Well, no, because everyone has different perspectives on how to yes. take advantage of the day. And I, what I love is mm -hmm. that you have because you have a child, you've seen how different people have moved throughout their solar returns from your own experience and from your daughter's experience, and then how that manifests in the year ahead. I mean, mm -hmm. that's really valuable experience and information. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. I'm really happy. I get to share that. <laughs> Hopefully it's helpful to you and, you know, you know, some of your listeners. So, so I was curious if this has ever happened to you on your birthday or on your solar return. So most every year, if my solar returns during the day, I fall asleep. 
I can't stay awake and I pass out. Um, and I'll sleep, you know, for an hour to three hours, but I cannot stay awake. Has that ever happened to you during the day? Um, not during the day. It's never happened. Of course at night, because sometimes the solar returns can happen in the middle of the night. Now it really depends on your natal chart. Okay. So how the solar returns express itself. That's why when we look at solar returns, we don't just look at the solar return reading itself. We look at it in contrast to the natal, to the progressed, uh, to the transits, uh, because if your natal chart is full of like 12th house stuff, which yours is, um, it can be very important sometimes to go into, other realities and dimensions that your consciousness is not aware of. And it's a part of a recalibration system or something you're doing, you're working in another realm. So you have to sleep in order to do that. Um, You have to sleep in order to allow that. Now, sometimes we could do it while we're awake. Um, kind of, be, we tend to be really tired and zombified. I push myself through those times. I've, I've felt them before. I'm like, I'm not here. Where the heck am I? Cause I feel like a zombie. I'm like, I might as well just go to sleep. But I, you know, some people are more allowing perhaps like yourself, they're more allowing of that process and say, well, if it's time to sleep, it's time to sleep. And you know what, you know, it is, then I'm, I'm probably taking, I'm being taken in another yeah. dimension, a uh, dimensional aspect of myself to do some work. Um, that will be uh, helpful to, for the next year to come. And also, you know, you think of the energy of rest and sleep, mm. like who doesn't want to be rested and, and, you know, and, and feel good throughout their year. So it's like, if you need to rest, it's like, oh, okay, this is what your body, you're listening to your body. I mean, that's amazing too, to have, you know, in that, you know, next year's uh, repertoire of I'm rested. I listen to my body, those kinds of things. So, yeah. Yeah. I I always thought it was such a weird thing because I'm not a napper. I'm not someone that gets tired in the middle of the day, but same day every year, it's very bizarre. It's, it's uncontrollable. I have to find a place to lay down and go to sleep in the middle of the day. So I'll just make sure that I'm in a spot with a nice lounge chair this year and an umbrella and I'll just take my little nap. I mean, again, we could talk about, we can get really galactic and we talk about other beings um, and how you are in relation to them and how they're, they want to be with you as well on your solar return in other dimensions. Yeah. So that you can continue your relationship with them throughout the year and the work you're doing with them as well. So, um, you know, we'll get into that in a galactic way and that explains it as well on another level. So again, you see how I explained it on the physical and then the galactic and how they actually make sense. And when they intersect. Should people, yeah. what should people be calling in on their birthday? Is there any guidance you ever provide um, people that are getting reading, readings with you, like on what they should be calling in to support their year ahead if they're just kind of at a blank? Well, I mean, the, the thing is, I don't think anyone's ever been at a blank because I've, I've like, I never, I'm always very careful. I don't want to overstep anyone's free will and tell them what to say or how to say yeah. it. Because again, our, our higher self knows everything. Um, so we just allow ourselves to go into the process and say, um, you know, how do we feel like, what kind of, um, sacred ceremony do, do I feel like doing, you know, mm-hmm. some people will write their, their manifestation list out on a piece of paper and burn it and give it to the ethers. So some people will, you know, throw it in the ocean. Um, you know, some people won't even write it out and that's totally okay too. Like, I, I do feel like writing out is very powerful, yeah. uh, but perhaps declaration, you know, saying something, um, is very powerful, especially if you're a vocal person, um, 
or, I mean, keeping in your head is probably not ideal because again, the whole manifestation process requires some kind of ceremonial aspect to it. So I do suggest the ceremonial aspect again, however you want to do that, whatever element you feel called to work with, like some people blow it into the wind. I mean, you know, perhaps they work with the air elements and the air fairies and, you know, that's so, beautiful. yeah, I mean, it really depends on each person. I, I never want to overstep with anyone, but I, I do suggest listening to yourself and how you feel guided to really go into ceremony with yourself, because at the end of the day is for you. Um, and it is for your, your higher self, which, um, again, you just remember what it wants. If yeah. somebody wants to book a solar return reading with you, how many weeks in advance do you suggest that they reach out to you and make that appointment so they can get the information that they need, you know, in, in, in advance of their birthday? Yeah. I mean, I, I can fit things into my uh, schedule, uh, within uh, a, a couple weeks. At this point, um, I haven't been doing so many readings the past couple months because I just relocated and I've been busy moving. So uh, for I just started taking readings again this past couple of weeks. So when you contact me, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll start taking readings again. So that was advantageous, but sometimes it's it's like a month or two. So uh, the, the the timing definitely, you know, can I can provide that to you whenever you want it. It's very easy to quickly do the timing and. Um, you know, I could even do a quick video tutorial on how to find your solar return timing. It's really easy if you go to astro.com. And so with that, if you are going to go ahead and empower yourself to look at it, I do suggest looking at the house where your son is located that year, because that's uh, really important. Um, and, and it tells us a little bit more about what your focus is that year, where this, the house, the sun is located. Yeah. And each house has a different expression that year. That's really nice. So each year has a different theme. Yeah. And you know, it, depending again, where you go, cause the location can also dictate that. So say you, you know, go somewhere on the other side of the planet next year and it, the house is the, the sun's in the same house. So, or I mean, you don't have to be on the other side of the planet. It can be like literally uh, a few hundred uh, feet. I'm sorry, a few hundred miles, a few hundred miles from where you live. It can really, um, it really depends. It can really change where the sun is located, depending on where. I had no idea. That's really fascinating. Yeah. I assumed the energy of where you are for your birthday and the energy of that place and that country or that city will affect or support your year ahead. But I didn't think that where the, where are you saying where the sun sign is in your chart can change if you're in a extremely different place? Oh yes. Your, your solar return reading can be dramatically different depending on where you are. So yep. it's really important to know where you're located, uh, on the, on the time, uh, on the date, on the birthday. So Amazing. Um, it can really change your chart. It can really change your solar return. Yeah. So can somebody reach out to an astrologer like you and say, Hey, I'm considering these three places for my birthday next year. Can we look at my chart and see which one's going to be more supportive for what I want to create next year? Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it only takes a few minutes to find out each place. So it's, it's no big deal to most astrologers. They'll help you figure out your best place to travel to. And they'll tell you, Oh, if you want to book a session with astrology and then they'll, you know, counsel you. And well, if you go to this place, it will be like this. If you go to this place. It'll be like this. You go to this place. It'll be like that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm blown away right now. I'll be reaching oh, yeah. out to you <laughs> in advance for all my birthday travels moving forward. That's amazing. Well, you follow you got you follow your guidance. I mean, you follow your internal, you know, guidance you where you feel called to go. So I mean you're you're empowered. 
That's very <laughs> Not true. that asking an astrologer is disempowering at all, but it's confirming and validating. So that's nice. Yeah. Hear. That's very true. I get the call on where to go for my birthday way in advance. Sometimes like for me, I got, I would say maybe three years ago, I was kind of given the guidance of where to go for the next three years and they're all completely different places. Um, so that's, but, but it's nice to get confirmation. Sometimes we just need confirmation or we, we want to know a little bit more about why we were called to go to that place. And it's nice to know that we can work with an astrologer to get that deeper meaning of why we're being told to go where, when, um, you know, it is, yeah, it is interesting to have, you know, someone with this insight to give you just a different perspective as well. Just like you would talk to a good friend about something that's really important that you're doing and just getting second opinion or different perspective. Um, it helps you form a broader, um, understanding of why you're doing it or what you're doing for. So, yeah. This is just such amazing knowledge that you have and that you've studied and that you share with people. It's just such a, a gift to, <laughs> to help others. I just so enjoy it and I so enjoy learning about it. So thank you so much for sharing this. Oh yeah, it's been my pleasure. I mean, it's, it's an obsession. <laughs> yeah. to be honest, <laughs> but it is, it's, it has been my, uh, my interest in decoding reality. That was my original uh, interest in understanding astrology is decoding what is reality. <laughs> and so it has been really helpful in that. So again, that's why it's really helpful. I think when you speak to astrologers, they, they help you decode the reality of what's happening and the potential reality of what you can choose. Again, it goes down to our free will, but um, it's nice to know uh, what our choices are, you know, and how we take responsibility for them, you know? So yeah. yeah. One last, one last question for you. Cause you, you mentioned free will. Can you tell on someone's chart when they have free will and when they don't? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I can see aspects in people's charts that have a problem asserting their will. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then those that have a very strong will. Yes. Um, and it has to do with a few variations of things. I can't just tell you, oh, it's this or that. Um, it is how different planets uh, aspect one another. Um, but, you know, Mars is definitely a big one. The sun is a big one as well. Um, you know, both of those do uh, dictate our will. But again, it could be an aspect to Pluto or, um, you know, there is no aspect to Pluto or it could be in the seventh house. And if a sun is in the seventh house, you know, the person's not going to have as strong of a will as if the sun is in the first house, which is the house of the self, things like that, you know? Yeah. Where do you like to turn to, to keep learning about astrology or spirituality or, or wellness? Is there any website or app or books you like to go to, to keep learning? Oh my goodness. I'm an information junkie. So if you want me to list this out, we might be here for another hour. I'm sorry. (laughs) You can just name a few. It's always fun to learn new places to look. Yes, I, I'm constantly just getting whatever I can. Um, <laughs> but uh, with Molly McCord, she's a great astrologer. I do recommend everyone follow her who's interested in astrology. She's a wonderful astrologer, uh, Molly McCord. And um, uh, for information on, you know, spirituality, uh, I, I do like many different uh, sources as well. Um, 
But I really want to focus, I think my, I think my representation today is on astrology. So I think Molly McCord is great. I also, I, I, I don't know why I'm recommending him because I think people might not like him, but Leo King, you want to talk about willful? There's this astrologer called the Leo King. He's extremely willful and he's really interesting as well um, with some of the things he comes out with. Um, but Molly McCord is a great uh, divine feminine um, voice of, uh, of astrology uh, as well. So uh, it depends on like what kind of spirituality you're, 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 you're looking to, to, to grow into. But um, I really do adore uh, the energetic synthesis uh, woman called Lisa Renee. And oh, yeah. I, I do, yeah, I do really like her stuff. And um, the, I, I do follow some of the things, the teachings that she has, uh, because I am also very interested in energy work and energy healing. And I've been incorporating that into my work because I really had no choice for a while. Every client I'd get, I end up um, taking on their energy and their energy field and uh, was being forced to transmute it. So I had to, I had no choice, but to learn about energy and yeah. Um, yeah, she was an interesting source. And then from her, I came across a whole other community of energy workers. Um, well, where can people learn more about you, book a session with you and connect with you? Okay. Well, I'm at Starseed Hotline. If you're interested in any Starseed um, confirmation type readings where you want to know your star-seeded nature. Um, I'm also on, I have my own site, um, my own brand called Awakened Aspects. And there I tend to uh, provide a more uh, psycho-spiritual kind of perspective alongside the galactic information um, for a more holistic uh, vision of your initiation patterns. So um, both of those places are a great place to go if you're interested. Thank you. And then as we wrap up, I love asking my guests if there's maybe just like one tip that they can share with the listeners to improve their health or well-being. If there's one tip that you could share, okay, um, I, I absolutely um, always go and turn to the breath because mm -hmm. the breath is the source and the source of everything. I mean, inspiration it comes from you know respiration from inspiring breath so um you know i always recommend going to the breath and i, I also do breath work uh, i facilitate breath work uh ceremonies i used to well i don't as much anymore but i feel like breath work is really important uh because it does not only clear out some of the traumas that's it's a really fast way of clearing out traumas i mean you could do like um months worth of like psychotherapy session in like one and a half to three hours of breath work <laughs> so so I, I highly recommend uh, breath work for everyone to kind of um, to for energetic hygiene and uh, to kind of keep your uh, your body and your prana and your chi flowing through your body and. Um, and with that, I always tend to do like a quick kind of breathing exercise with every client before we begin our astro astrology session, mm -hmm. uh, just so that I do kind of, uh, it's only, it takes a, a minute or so. And so I go into the, the soul essence as it comes out through their breath. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. You gave me so much to just reflect on today. This was such a <laughs> wonderful conversation. I learned so much. Oh, thank you. You're so do you sweet. have thank a you. YouTube channel as well? <laughs> yeah, I do. And it's Awakened Aspects okay. on YouTube as well. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> do you do any breathwork teachings there? Um, there is a tutorial. I do have a tutorial video on, on breathwork there as well. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Miara. You are such a wealth of information. I learned so much today. I'm so grateful. You're so welcome, Whitney. It's, it was my absolute pleasure to uh, you know have this conversation with you today. Well, anytime you, you want to talk astrology or wellness or spirituality, anything that you ever want to share with Starseed Kitchen, please let me know. I'd love to have you back on. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit our website at starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. And you can find me and follow along on my cooking adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff.